Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help support the show, please tap the link in the episode description if you're using the Anchor application, or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. So starting off with some news. For some reason, it seems like the first couple items are all Google-related, go figure, but starting off, the Google Data Studio is generally available. So if you don't know what this is, it's their free data visualization and reporting platform. It's primarily pretty good for connecting various Google products like their analytics or tag manager or your ad um, dashboards and consoles, but it is also capable of taking third-party sources of information and kind of creating dashboard pages with visualizations and that kind of thing. So check it out if you're looking for a basically a free alternative to some other things such as Grafana or that type of stuff. Though to be note, Grafana is a bad example if only because that's more for you know uh, instrumentation versus this is more for like creating graphs about trends and that kind of stuff. The AMP governance model has changed so AMP is this uh, accelerated mobile pages, and what it is, it's a stripped-down version of traditional HTML pages that Google has kind of pioneered to help speed up loading. It's notably focused on mobiles, since that's most beneficial uh, from the speed increases. Uh, that being said, AMP is not without controversy. It's being seen as primarily benefiting Google, kind of at the potential expense of others. So with that in mind, I believe that it's one of the main reasons that the AMP project has announced that it is moving to a different governance model. One that's more community-led instead of primarily by Google, though no doubt they still have a very major stake in it. Uh, but whether it will persuade critics that it's a useful technology and moving in the right direction kind of remains to be seen. If you've seen a large increase in these mobile-first um, mobile crawl notifications, or mobile-first indexing, it merely means that instead of Google kind of crawling your site with a quote-unquote desktop-oriented browser, it will now use a mobile-oriented browser. So it's really like your, the uh, Googlebot is a little mobile phone, and how it displays on there is what it's seeing first. So this is really should have little impact on your site unless you have drastically different mobile content, which could then be a problem. For example, say you have a M dot site, which is kind of the older way, um, though still useful in some cases, a uh, way of presenting mobile content. It's almost like a completely different mobile site. Uh, and if you don't kind of adhere to the same content on both sides for one reason or another, then it could change your ranking. Uh, that being said, it's really a crawling and a um, different view of it. But that being said, if you're not mobile responsive, then that's still okay, as the pages will render the same on the phone. It might just not look as useful if someone were to actually go there, but in terms of how Google sees it, it shouldn't really make a difference. So Google's final, <laughs> final bit of Google news, I swear. Uh, but Google has put out a funding choices uh, platform, and it's kind of geared at recovering lost revenue from ad blockers. So essentially, much like you've probably seen at many other newspaper sites, you, you get a pop-up asking if you pay a small amount, you'll get full access without any ads, for example. 
Uh, so it's a pretty new product and I don't know all the specifics, but another potentially useful tool for those that need this. So kind of check it out, see if it is of use, um, but it is interesting to see how Google is attempting to bring back some of that revenue knowing that they're going to be losing ad revenue for those folks that are using the ad blockers and, you know, as many of us do. So moving on, um, advanced custom fields, uh, also abbreviated as ACF, is a WordPress plugin that allows you to easily create kind of custom metadata and fields and things that connect different custom post types and functionality together. They've released version 5 for the free version of it. The paid version's been at this for quite some time, but the free version was kind of lacking behind still on their version 4 code. So it's a major upgrade with a ton of new features and functionality. Check it out. It really does make scaffolding out these extra fields and connecting bits of data a heck of a lot easier. Evernote's run into some trouble. Uh, they just announced a cutback of about 54 jobs. Um, according to the reports, they're still cash positive, but subscriber growth has been pretty flat. So it's led to the CEO making some tough decisions to try to stay on track there. You know, I personally used to be a very heavy Evernote user, but due to it generally not innovating as quickly as I would like, especially with how I needed much more flexible content setups, I did move away and I do currently use Notion for this. Uh, although I will say that their table creation tool within it, you know, just regular old like tables of data, is pretty darn good. So I hope that that is adopted by other areas. But I really do wish them the best of luck and hopefully they'll kind of figure out what a good model for them works. MariaDB has acquired Clustrix and it's a company that itself makes a drop-in replacement for MySQL, but it's focused on creating a scale-out, high-availability version of it. And so it'll be interesting to see how they put this together, but really it looks like it is a you know, a way to merge these two code bases, kind of get the best of both worlds. Uh, I, for one, look forward to this, you know, especially an easier way to scale on demand uh, at a lower cost, hopefully. And then finally, uh, Newegg had a, a credit card data breach, uh, much like the Ticketmaster breach that happened not too long ago. A piece of JavaScript code was injected in the shopping cart page of Newegg, so it was basically sitting there collecting the credit card numbers that were being entered. And so it's been removed, uh, but it really does highlight the dangers of this type of an attack and where you really need to monitor your sites for this. And it does bring up some of the other points that the PCI specification makes and that many of uh, the folks out there uh, look at and see as less important where, well, I just link to a page and then it does you know, something there, uh, but what if that link gets compromised? What if, even though you have a encapsulated JavaScript-like page that pops up to end your credit card, if you have malicious code there, then perhaps it's just capturing the keystrokes. So it's something you really need to pay good attention to and make sure you're watching your site just to see what's happening. A few links and resources that I found of interest. Um, Times Newer Roman. Note the newer Roman. Uh, I couldn't really just, just putting this on here. It's pretty entertaining to me, but it's a font specifically designed to be just slightly longer version of Times New Roman in terms of like letter size and spacing. And 
when you need to pad a paper or two or just need a few extra pages in. Uh, it really does kind of harken back to the you know, school days and obsessing over page length. Not to advocate, you know, doing this necessarily, but everyone's been there at that point, and I think it's pretty entertaining someone made an actual font that really just increases your page size as you write. On a bit better news, uh, Krebs, Krebs on Security uh, has a great article about uh, credit freezes are now free. So it's great news for everyone affected by the credit card breaches and personal data breaches in the past couple years, which is pretty much everyone. Um, but credit card freezes on your file are now going to be free. A few notes are that there are credit locks also offered by the companies, but they're not the same. And they still allow you to sell their your data and some other stuff. Uh, so the better route is definitely a freeze. Uh, make sure to look into how you're set up and what you can do. Uh, but a great idea, especially if you're not looking to get new credit anytime soon. Uh, there's a cool little article about donut charts uh, with conic gradients. Uh, so see, uh, the newer version of Chrome has finally put out um, conic gradients as a way to uh, add to your CSS, but this is a good use of it to actually create donut charts purely in CSS. Kind of cool. Uh, two more things. Uh, a new color choosing resource called Picular. I hope I'm saying that right, but what's cool about this is that it lets you search for an object and come back with a color selection. A slightly different take on it. You know, for example, you could search for grass and it re reveals a number of different shades of green or brown, depending on the type of grass you got. So check it out, uh, kind of a cool idea. And finally, a great article on JavaScript timers and all the various ways that there are to time in JavaScript, kind of the pros and cons of each and where it makes sense to use that. And finally, I wanted to kind of talk quickly about um, conferences as it, with MS Ignite coming up, it made me really kind of think back to my previous conference experiences in the past and what's kind of been good and bad about those. You know, everyone takes away something different from conferences, but I really, you know, see them mostly good at networking and kind of finding out about what others in your field may be doing and how that might be helpful for you. So I've done a PowerShell conference, a VMware conference a few, few years back, which I did really enjoy and got value out of. I've also done a couple vendor-specific conferences that I didn't gain much you know, from those. But I think the main reason is, is both the purpose and the size of the conferences. The smaller ones where you can really connect with others in your field on a more personal basis personally has shown kind of the greatest value to me. It's less these sitting in a giant room listening to a product demo on how to do something or what is being offered, many, many times like sales demos, but more where you could actually participate, you know, and learn how others might be doing the same task. For the very large conferences, such as MS Ignite and, say, Google I.O., it almost feels like a giant product demo and a bit of a chance for the companies to hear back from their customers about, you know, what's good and bad about the products and what they ideally like to see going forward, which, you know, has great value, and especially if you're a heavy user and you want to be able to engage with those folks and really you know, make your voice heard, wonderful. It, it is good for that. It's difficult, though, with such a large user base and with the amount of people that are, might be going there or coming in, you know, it's a challenge to really, you know, have that focus and that kind of one-on-one -on -one attention. 
you know, with all that being said, you know, for myself, I really am looking forward to focusing on more of the hackathon type events where it's basically a work session because I found that, you know, I learn best by actually doing and trying to make something work, you know, rather than watching someone present per se. But at the very least, given a problem, then myself and perhaps a few others could solve it. You know, and this wouldn't work in the larger conferences, usually just due to the sheer size, but perhaps a few sessions are like this. I, I do wish it was more of a focus on the actual doing rather than just the presenting. You know, but with that, I am still very excited to see what comes out of this, uh, especially the MS Ignite one, because there are a lot of products and updates that does affect my day-to-day, -day, you know, work. And so what changes come with it and, you know, what exciting changes are coming uh, will be pretty worthwhile to see. So follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte. Thank you for listening and please join us next week.